everybody, welcome to the Common Briefing Program, <laughs> where, where the timing of me introducing the podcast is only funny to us because of editing. Uh, this is an offshoot of the Common Geeking Program, where each month uh, we try to sit down and recap uh, geek news for the previous month. So we will be recapping uh, geek news headlines from July 2020. Still, not the most important thing happening in the world right now, but... The only thing that we think we are qualified to talk about. Uh, so we're going to bring you the hottest headlines and uh, at the end uh, gather together as as the journalistic press corps that we are and uh, assign a top story, the thing that we think deserves uh, the most attention. I am Colin Ketchin, and I've been talking too long. I'm joined by... Uh, hi, my name is Jeff Levitt, and uh, that's me. That's who I am. And me, once again, Austin Lieber's long suffering pseudo journalist <laughs> is this is this podcast the forum no for your pseudo news this month than there was last month thank you i was that was going to be my first thing to ask you is how's elden ring doing um so we got that out of the way uh so that's yep. it for july there's no news on elden ring so nothing else is worth talking about bye everyone um <laughs> Okay, uh, so I have a few news things to talk about. I'm sure you do, too. That's why we're here. If you don't, you kind of suck. Uh, Jeff and Austin, not listeners. You guys yep. are fine. Thanks for listening. Uh, but I'm assuming <laughs> Jeff and Austin have things to talk about before we talk about them. How you guys doing? How you, how you holding up? How you doing? You know, we're, we're living. Yeah. It's getting tired of doing the same old things over and over again. And somehow, with all of this uh, abundance of free time... I've not become any more productive in the ways that I ought to. So oh, yeah. that's great. Well, it's that's always the catch, it being the ways that you ought to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've done some productive things, kind of. I, uh, I, I, uh, both me and my girlfriend had a uh, birthday this past month. Um, I don't know if you guys ever experienced it, but in my family. One of the few traditions I respected was the making of a birthday cake that was a homemade ice cream cake. The general idea is just layer crushed cookie, layer of ice cream, layer crushed cookie, layer of ice cream, and all the shit on top and in it that you want. Um, When I made one of these last year, I did some fuzzy math. And I determined that one of these cakes—it's—it's it's the whole—it's the whole cake. But so, uh, but that was my nickname in high school, <laughs> Jeff. The Fuzzy whole cake. Le- oh, never mind. Fuzzy. Okay. Man. No. Uh, <laughs> that one's good too. I like that. Um, so the whole cake was about eight thousand calories. All right. Uh, this is a lot. So if you got like teeny tiny little pieces, they were about. 500 cal it is a dense brick of an ice cream cake so while i don't feel productive when i look at the math (laughs) i have helped consume two of those cakes in the last month and i haven't gained any weight so clearly some of the work i'm doing is really paying off (laughs) because after the amount of ice cream cake bricks that i ate i should be a lot uh in a lot worse shape than i am granted exercise has been pretty rough the last couple of days I'm not confused as to why. I'm just sad about it. Um, <laughs> but no, I feel you. Getting a, the, the routine's getting a little dreary, so I've been proactively trying to kick myself in the butt. Um, I did, you know, the studio where Jocelyn works, Titmouse Animation. Yeah, yeah. To Incorporated. I got hired to do some freelance audio work for that. Oh, that's I cool. Still, goddamn, cannot believe that that is the name. That's cool. It's a- <laughs> I fucking can't believe that the fucking name of that studio is Titmouse. It's a bird. It's just. Titmouse is a bird. 
it's a fair number of birds. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of bird. Huh. Yeah, they didn't it's not it's it's not Tom and Jerry running around with a big titty on his back. Oh god. I was thinking and I you know, I only associate it with Disney cuz I know that Jocelyn is really into Disney, but when you say Titmouse, I think like is this a fucking like Disney themed strip club or something? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, i hate that yeah yeah i'm not into it either it's I just hate it. my association yeah word association with it so i so i i've i have managed to i think They'll make pull a myself... man out of you <laughs> fuck all right let's get down to business so i think that i'm uh that i, I i've I'm also sort of swimming in the stagnant pool of 2020, but uh, I've had a few a few things that have helped me sort of pull it back up. And honestly, some of the news from this month has got me legitimately excited. Uh, so let's see if we can have a conversation that restores our hmm, routines, uh, faith in existence. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might be putting too much on the shoulders of this program. I think so. We can we can well, lower hey. the stakes a little bit. Okay. Well, then, how about three friends try to have a conversation and enjoy each other's company in a way where, once done, we will feel invigorated and like our lives are better than when we had the conversation. I can't <laughs> promise that. I know that's sure. not normally how conversations with me make other people feel, but like I'm shooting for it. <laughs> yeah, we can. You know, aim for. Tried to crack my back, didn't crack. Okay, cool. So, um. <laughs> Just going to keep rolling with this awesome podcast vibe and jump right into the news that I brought. So, uh, I'm going to talk about two or three things. Um, I should just talk about it instead of listing the number. We don't need a table mm-hmm. of contents. So the, <laughs> so, the first thing I want to talk about, because I promised I was going to talk about it. And we have notoriously litigious fans. Um, I mentioned that this past month in July that there was – I'm making a, a linguistic tense nightmare for myself. <laughs> talking future and past in the same sentence. So uh, I mentioned that Halo Infinite would be revealed in July. It is now mm-hmm. after July, and Halo Infinite has been revealed, which is dumb True. because it was already revealed. We just didn't know anything about it. And then they told us some stuff about it, and I still don't know anything about it. So it's been kind of a mixed bag where um, on July 23rd, Microsoft held uh, a games showcase where they were like, hey, here's all the games, not that other people are making, but that we're making because they're coming out with new Xbox this year. Uh, And the the general idea is um, it's not going to have anything exclusive to the platform. You don't need to upgrade. They're treating it like computers and smartphones where... It's the better version, so if you want the best Xbox, you should get it, but if you don't get it, like, you're fine. You just don't get the best Xbox. Um, so a lot of people use that as a reason to say, well, this this console is garbage because it doesn't have the exclusives that Sony has. And Microsoft is like, oh, we're not fighting with Sony anymore. We're fighting with Netflix because all the games that they're that they're putting out, including Halo Infinite, are part of the Game Pass subscription. They're not selling Xboxes anymore. Hmm. They're selling subscriptions, and they are they are yeah. investing heavy and hard in it. And it's it's a pretty good freaking deal already, and it's about so, to get better. Like now, instead of the difference between 
you know, the PlayStation and Xbox being the exclusive content. Mm-hmm. It's the, literally the way that you buy games. Yes, which well, uh, and also yeah. some exclusive misconception. Content. You don't buy games; you buy access to games through subscriptions. Fair. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. The way that, like, on PlayStation, you'd still be buying games the yeah. old-fashioned way, and that's and Xbox. It's just through this pass. Yeah, pretty much. And the and Game Pass works on all the like current Xboxes. All the Xbox Ones, like the original Xbox Ones, the new Xbox Ones, and the new Xboxes coming out this year. It's like all smartphones. It's impossible to keep the name straight, and branding hasn't decided to just use numbers. Sony has. That's one thing I'll give him. PlayStation 5, dead simple. Fucking keep it easy. No ex- It sure is <laughs> the fifth one. Yeah. yeah. There's no more trying to explain, okay, well, you have the Xbox Series X, but also the Xbox One X. <laughs> so and then we find out that it's actually just been the expo 10 the whole time (laughs) so so a lot of people were kind of meh on the showcase and i think it's because uh there's been some difficulty reframing the conversation of the next console generation because microsoft really Mm -hmm. is not playing the game they used to play they are working on something else this whole subscription deal is what's coming up and halo infinite is kind of the flagship to say if you don't have game pass get on game pass if you're not going to get a series x you should really consider getting a series x and then they showed us halo infinite and everyone was kind of like huh okay and i don't think what is it i i don't think that that's really any problem with the developers i think it's a it's a it's a it's a combination of circumstances. One is they were trying to show off an early, early development build of a 4K game on a stream that only went to 1080p resolution. So none of the details in the game were visible. Like it is a stark contrast looking at what it looked like during the stream and watching the like fully rendered 4K video. Um, and they showed a few minutes of gameplay bookended by cutscenes, but n- didn't really explain anything else. We still don't know exactly when it's coming out. We don't know if it's going to be a typical campaign multiplayer or if it's going to be like a Destiny-style everything big soup of game. Um, we we know that the multiplayer will be free-to-play, but only because it was leaked by toy uh, companies and then um then 343 industries the developers confirmed it um but a lot of people kind of took halo infinite to task saying like this looks like the old games and they were like you've been telling us to go back to the old games style and we did and everyone's like but it looks bad um wait sorry just to backtrack yeah. a little bit what does it being what does the multiplayer being free to play mean if you only acquire it through a pass. So you don't can only you play you can, the multiplayer even if you don't have the pass? That seems to be the implication. This is what I'm saying where, like, we still don't know a lot about it. I mean, we know basically yeah. what it looks like. We know that it has a bigger campaign. We've seen some new guns. We know that it's pulling stuff from one of the spinoff games. But, like, literally Halo multiplayer free-to-play is all we know about the multiplayer. That's, that's Cause, it. Like, because you have the subscription. They just... They wouldn't just like say, "Oh, yeah, it's free to play, but you need the pass to play." Right? Yeah, because so 
Because technically, if you have the pass, everything is free to play. Yeah, so the, yeah. the, the right? way Game Pass works, though, is you can subscribe and get access to all these games, but, like, you can still just buy the games outright if you don't want to subscribe. So I think mm. mm-hmm. so I think that the way that That's good. F- the free-to-play is going to work is that um, whether if you neither buy nor subscribe to it, you'll still be able to play Halo Infinite multiplayer because mm-hmm. i mean that's kind of the way things are going fortnite yeah. you don't have to pay for mm-hmm. you can just pick it up and play on anything and this is easy sure. for microsoft to afford because it is a, an exclusive so they, yes you know they yeah, control they, everything yeah. about it yeah they can put all the money they want into it they have complete control over the platform so they can do whatever they want to make it appealing but they're not talking about it they i, I think what they showed us it looked fun like the five minutes of gameplay i saw i was like this feels good. It feels like a like a mix of some of my favorite Halo games. Um, concerned about a few things, excited about a few things, but I, I can't get too excited because I still feel like I just don't know anything. I think if you take the time to read through yeah, the comments fair. of people hating on it, it's it's the same hodgepodge of conflicted fandom opinions that you'll see with just about anything. Some people saying, you shouldn't sprint in a Halo game. We've had sprinting in Halo for literally 10 years now, more than half of the franchise's existence. Yeah. Um, and then other people saying, like, you shouldn't have gone back to the way things were before. And so there's no winning there. But really, truly, honestly, I think they what they got to do is put it out there. And I think COVID and remote working has really, really put a damper on them. They've mentioned it several times that it's been like a difficult yeah. adjustment. So where they usually have like a year long press release plan, I think the pandemic shot all that to shit. So really, I still don't know a lot about Halo Infinite. Um, and I really wish I did because I wanna play it. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's that it's, I, I wanted to be able to say so much more about this game, but I'm just kind of, I'm not upset. I'm just frustrated and impatient at this point because it's, it's been <laughs> that's it's fair. Been, right. it's been five years. Like it's not like bad news. It's just not much news. Yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like I got hyped up a bit, and you know, whatever. Um, they did announce though that um, they've been testing their own game streaming pros- uh, products, like um, Google Stadia. It's just been Project X Cloud is what they're calling it, and they're just gonna bundle that in with the higher Game Pass tier, which I already have. So, like, you'll be able to just Wild. cloud stream your games, including games like Halo Infinite. Like, they're really trying to make it so you can do whatever, whenever, wherever, even if you don't buy an Xbox. So, I like the strategy, but f- show me the... I w- it's about games. Let me see the games. I want to play the games. <laughs> yeah. So. Gotta get them games. Gotta see the games. Yeah. Um, Austin, I don't know if you have any opinions on those developments. It uh, be- not, not really. That wasn't... Uh... I don't know. I thought that a lot of the whining was kind of uh, silly in that case. I mean, I think there are way worse things to complain about with uh, game companies doing stuff right now other than like a less than stellar <laughs> stream of a preview for a game. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like at, like, at least wait to see what the game's going to be before you complain about it. Yeah. Like, I get the complaint of like, you know, like, oh, they just kind of didn't tell us anything. Blah, humbug, yeah. whatever. Like, I get being upset about that, but it's not really worth like going in a rant yeah. over. Uh, I will. I, I will mean, look up. Not that the not that the alternative is either, but <laughs> <laughs> I will look up. There are some screenshots that I will admit do not look very good. 
Uh, there's yeah. one in particular. I'll I'll find it and I'll and I'll drop it to you at some point in the when I'm not the one uh, giving news here. But um, <laughs> but I mean there there are some things that can easily be fixed. Like the overall graphical style is not going to change, but they can make some changes yeah. to lighting right. and render. Like a lot of the stuff I could tell was just not great because it's not optimized. But um, is that the oh is that a Cthulhu behind you, Austin? What just happened? Oh, I just changed the picture. Don't don't get distracted. <laughs> second thing i want to talk about is uh star trek this one's going to be quick uh there's a new star trek show coming out for that cartoon yeah right? this week star trek lower decks it's uh series creator mike mcmahon who's a producer and writer for rick and morty and solar opposites both of which are shows i very much enjoy um it is actually made by titmouse they do the animation i have no connection to the show um but I might m make that misleading on my resume going forward. So with <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks, um, it is a comedy set somewhere after, I think a year or two after the last Next Generation movie before Star Trek Picard. I don't know how much that's going to matter, though, because it's it's a comedy. It is a straight-up comedy about the least important officers on the least important yeah. ship. I was wondering, like, how hard in the canon it is from what i understand from what i've been reading from interviews and, and hearing about the show is uh it's it's very steeped in canon it's very chock full of easter eggs um uh -huh. but what is it's it like? but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the the premise it seems like that's the backdrop right yeah but i'm wondering if it's like in the canon the same way i mean this might be like a personal interpretation kind of mm -hmm. thing too but I'm wondering if it's, like, in the canon the same way that, like, Deadpool is in, like, the X-Men movie canon, where it's just, like, clearly yeah. Deadpool's in that canon, but that canon does not include Deadpool. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, like, I, it's, yeah, it's I get one you. way. I get you. Um, it, everything we see makes it seem as though this is completely canon. They, they say it is. Okay. <laughs> They've said some misleading stuff before, but never about whether or not something is canon. I think the only... I'm just wondering, like, mm -hmm. how tonally and, like, you know cartoonishly realistic it's going to be in comparison to so well, that's the, the fun thing about star trek <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've enough. been asking ourselves that question for 50 years um the, the i think the only other well there's only one other animated instance of star trek so far which is uh the animated series Not canon, right came out in uh the 70s uh and that isn't canon right it, technically no just because I mean, there are some straight-up canon violations in it. I don't know if, like, CBS has... Yeah, but there are the up. actual canon shows, too, aren't there? Sorry, what was that? There are canon violations in the canon shows yeah, as well. Yeah, but those are, those are more, like... Those are more tantamount to, like, retcons. Like, like oh, these, these writers fair. didn't know what yeah. they were doing. Um, I think, legitimately, the animated series does stuff that just does not fit within even the original series' understanding of things, which it wasn't supposed to. This was before the franchise blew up. This was when they were just like, ooh, right, can we right, make right. more money off of this? Um, well, you know, there it was like part of the thing that they were throwing at the wall mm -hmm. in the actual, and the live-action one is the one that yes. stuck. But, uh, so this will be the second animated series, and, and um, it, the trailer made me laugh out loud, uh, like... A couple times the clip from like the beginning of the first episode made me laugh out loud a lot because a character got drunk and swung around a klingon sword screaming wharf 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 i'd need honor and i'm like that's what we all think about this stupid fucking show anyway it's so nice that they just came out and said it 
Um, <laughs> it seems to be the same kind of uh, inappropriate and irreverent humor you'd expect from Mike McMahon, but that comes out, uh, as of this airing, it will have come out yesterday. For me, it comes out in three days, and I am very excited. Uh, they also announced that Star Trek Discovery Season 3's premiere will come right after this. So starting this week, oh. I have a new episode of Star Trek every week for 23 weeks, and I'm so pumped. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I have never had this much new Trek ever, and it's great. It's still not as much so as— They're releasing it weekly? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, going to be week. Gotcha. Oh, Austin, sit up in the monster picture. is scary. Oh, God. Okay, Austin's back. Thank you. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a big uh, big deal for me. Really like it uh, so far. Hoping the show is entertaining. Um, they, oh, they also announced. Um, we knew that it was coming, but there's a Star Trek kids show that's going to be on Nickelodeon, a CG show just for kids called Star Trek Prodigy. Oh. No idea how that's that, that canon. No clue. We that all we know is it's called Prodigy. It's going to be CG and it's on um, Nickelodeon. So uh, who knows? Are they trying to? It's the uh, Joe Camel of Star Trek. No, but that's uh, that sounds like they're trying to take like the little Einstein uh, watcher demographic there. That's uh, probably I yeah. I mean, hey, with Paw Patrol canceled, you know, people are just swooping in, <laughs> trying to scoop up those viewers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's uh, Halo and Star Trek are easily like my two biggest fandoms in which I actively participate, uh, and. I'm very excited for Star Trek, and I want to be more excited for Halo, and that is my angst. Yeah. Um, I will be more excited for Halo, inevitably. I just have very little to be excited about yet. Um, I've talked for longer than I expected. I was going to talk about Carry On. I don't know if you have any interest in No, please in talk- do. I would love to talk about Carry On with you. This is yeah. a, an exciting time. So I what, is, what the fuck's carry on? So it's it's a it's it was a is a Steam game, but Microsoft when it, it dropped on Xbox, it's not on PlayStation yet. So because Microsoft was like, give us money, and it was like we'll give you money, put on Game Pass. So Carry On came out on Game Pass. It is a game checks out that I never would have bought if it wasn't on Game Pass, and I played it, and it's a reverse horror game, uh, where you play as the monster terrorizing a facility you play as a big red tentacle monster i'm listening you break out of containment (laughs) and you roar and scream and you eat people and you run around trying to break out of the facility by blowing stuff up and eating people and And using creepy powers to accomplish those first two things exactly (laughs) and it's uh it's a really slick fun game i beat it the other day it is uh it plays what kind of is that like it is, it, 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 no, it is a no. 2D side scroller, like, okay. you know, 16 bit art style, but the, the, okay. it does, it is not stick 16 bit sound, let me tell you. They have some pretty no. high fidelity horror screams of people. Uh, you can, oh, yeah. there's literally a dedicated <laughs> button to roar and growl. So you can just run into a room and go, and everyone just starts <laughs> screaming bloody murder. And it's like, well, really everyone loud. who's not just pointing a gun at you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it's not super hard. It's kind of like a fun, puzzly game. I, The progression works like a Metroidvania where it's like it's these open areas and then you get stuck and then you have to go find an upgrade. But it's a lot more linear. So I guess it's just like a really tightly built platformer that feels more open than it actually is. 
Um, I, and it's not really even a platformer because the movement is so it's easy so and fast free. and fluid. Your yeah. tentacles just fling all over the screen. Like yeah, you don't have to jump or anything. You just it, sort of it all over feels the like putting a slice of butter in a heated pan and sliding it around to grease it. Like that's how it yes. feels. That's how smooth the movement is in this game. Um, but it is legitimately creepy, legitimately fun, legitimately gross. Uh, and Austin, I, I will not spoil anything, but like has it has an ending that makes you go, okay, uh, kind of fucked up, and I want to see more. No, so. I'm looking forward to it because since the, even the first flashback sequence mm-hmm. started or flash forward sequence started, I'm not sure at this point mm-hmm. really. Like, I've wondered like. I don't know where the the gameplay takes place in the timeline of mm-hmm. the story, and I want to... It becomes clear. Yeah, I hope so. That would be a terrible story <laughs> if it never became clear. <laughs> um, but no, it's a super fun game. It's on Steam. It's not that expensive. If you have an Xbox, it's on Xbox. It's, um, <laughs> it's super duper fun. I really, really enjoyed it. I've been... Yeah. Uh, getting a little tired of some of my games lately, and that's one that jumped out at me as as pretty exceptional. Fun little game. Nice. Yeah, it's super fun. And once I beat the game, I want to try to get as close to a pacifist run as possible on it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> the first game through, I'm, I'm tearing people apart. I'm eating shit. I'm destroying drones that I don't have to destroy. Mm-hmm. But, like, well, I think... There are legitimately people that you have to yes, destroy. Yes, but those but like, if, yeah, those people, you when you it. try to eat them, their bodies don't rip in half. Jeff, the animation is even though it's 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 low fi. No, you don't you don't have to destroy all of the soldier type things that you're talking about, unless you're talking about like boss type people later in the game. But like, you can get through with sneaky stuff. I think a lot of the areas. I'm just more concerned with certain doors that don't open until you kill an individual. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's kind of what I'm talking about is you okay. cannot progress without murdering someone. But you don't actually you, – you kill those people, but you don't eat them. The people who aren't in armor, Jeff, when you grab them and suck them in with mm-hmm. your tentacles, the game, like, whips their body around, and then it, they disappear <laughs> in your mouth, and their body splits in half, and there's this loud crunching noise in your ears. Um, oh, my. Yeah. So I – so the, good. The only way I could imagine a true pacifist run would be if you – only counted killing the people whose bodies don't get ripped in half when you eat them. I think that's as close as you're going to get. Is I don't think you can do a pacifist run, but you might be able to do a don't rip anyone in half run. Yeah. Meet in the middle. But yeah, no, that's, a, that's a fun-ass game. Yeah, it's good shit. That's all I got. Hell yeah. kick it over to jeff all right uh i've got a couple pieces of transformers news that are pseudo related um they're all transformers i hope they're more than pseudo related well the news is pseudo related okay Um, also it's transformers is wide and large yeah broad it could be this way it's a big tent (laughs) quite so i mean i i guess i'll kind of talk about them in tandem one of them i'm definitely going to spend a lot more time on but um if you don't know there is a new series that dropped on netflix uh, and this is the first part of a trilogy of, well, I mean, it's more like three seasons, not three separate series, but the, the three seasons correlate to the ongoing toy line currently, which is part of their generations <laughs> line, which is like sort of the, the one that they have going on that is unrelated to whatever, you know, well, 
previously unrelated to whatever show was going on or whatever movies are going on. This is just like the toy line that is, you know, kind of the the backbone of the of the franchise. Um, but now they're making a series based on the toy line. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing is that uh, the trilogy in the toy line, we're currently in the, the second part of it. The first one is called Siege, War for Cybertron Siege, which is all on Cybertron, the home planet. The second one is Earthrise, which is they go to the Earth, they go to Earth and get the Earth modes. And then the third one we got revealed this month, and it is called Kingdom. Um, and the exciting thing about Kingdom, and this is all right now, just as I'm speaking about it, just in regards to the toy line, but um, is that they're they're bringing back Beast Wars characters because it's <laughs> oh, I think God. like the gosh, I don't know, it's getting to be like the I, I want to say thirtieth anniversary of beast wars is coming up that's a lot of no i don't think it's that many because beast wars was like late 90s so it must not be 30th because i'm not 30 it must be 25th yeah you're that would make more sense (laughs) good job (laughs) (laughs) um it it, but it's it basically like i've heard people Mm -hmm. talk about it and basically the theory behind this is like the people who grew up with Beast Wars are starting to get to that market age where they're like the people who are, you know, adults and are able to like spend money on figures themselves. So whereas before the Generations line was entirely geared towards Generation 1, you know, the the 80s show, it's now starting to get into this territory where it's focusing like a little bit more prominently than previously on, uh, on Beast Wars, <laughs> which is what came after Generation 1. Which is exciting for me because we have not fucking got good Beast Wars toys in, well, really since Beast Wars, if I'm being honest. Like, wait, there were good toys when Beast Wars was airing or you just never got it? Okay, cool. Yeah, no, Beast Wars, I think, was kind of the start of modern engineering in in, uh, Transformers because, like, the (laughs) the product line was, like, losing a lot of money, which is when they always kind of decide to, like, shift things up a bit yeah um so pre like for a little while uh they like shifted the transformers brand and they sold it to kenner instead of hasbro and kenner started introducing like ball joint engineering and stuff like that whereas like all of the g1 toys are just kind of like bricks like they're mm-hmm. they're fun objects but they're not like the toys like we have now with articulation and stuff like that and beast wars was kind of the beginning of like integrated weapon storage and ball <laughs> joints. How grateful and... did you sound on Christmas as a kid? These are fun objects. <laughs> well, G1 was a little bit younger than my than our time, Colin, so I never received any generation No, I'm talking toys. about you getting collector's items as gifts now as an adult. These are fun objects. Oh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> but it's like, I don't know how to explain the difference adequately. Mm. Anyway, that, no, that's, I, I, to- I totally get you. I'm just, that's, you know. that's the, that's the news for the toy line. And what will be this, the third season of this Netflix series is there's, it's going to be beast wars related, which is really exciting for me. Um, but the more important news is talking about the Netflix series itself that dropped on July 30th. So oh, shit. less than a week ago at this point, Yep. it is, um, Let's just say the fandom has had a mixed reaction to this show. Oh, I love it. That's the best kind of reaction. I wonder yeah. what T- tell that's me about like. It. <laughs> well, I will right off the bat say that I am on the more negative side of that reaction. Oh, yes. I love of it. that spectrum. Oh, speaking um, of mixed reaction, look, this is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a gorilla. So, so, yeah. So, listeners, I uh, there's a uh, I'll, I might post something. There's 
the bad image from Halo is a brute that is called Craig and is oh, now God. considered the mascot for the Craig. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Brutes bad. Anyway, maybe keep their armor on. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Ugly fuck. Go ahead. Um, Sorry, yeah, bad so reaction. the series came out. Um, my biggest notes on it. The animation, I think, was the animation was done by Rooster Teeth. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'd say that there is some problem with expressiveness in the faces of the CG models from the studio that brought us Red versus Blue. Yeah, yeah, but, no, this is uh, that, that's to be fair. There's not really a lot of expression in the acting, so it, it does uh. match the, <laughs> the the overall tone. Um, well, one thing that Maybe. one thing that is yeah, but I don't know which came first like if they would have animated it that way either but um either way um and then the one one of the things that's mixed which we knew about a while ago is that the the cg models of the characters on the show are pretty much like just straight up one for one recreations of the toys that came out um Hmm. which are all based on the generation one characters which means that uh you know there's some oddities to the models like the toy line introduced this new feature where they all have like these little pegs on them that you can plug in these like little rubbery blast effects to make it look like they're getting shot or whatever, which I don't think are like canonically supposed to be there, but in the show those are there. So they just have like asymmetrical like little pegs over all over their body. Um okay. which is not a big deal. It doesn't look that off, but that's just like an instance of it. Like you can clearly tell like where there would be a screw hole. Uh or, you know Weird. And then like Sometimes the toys have, like, weird sort of, like, extra... The the toy community calls it kibble when there's just, like, extra stuff oh. hanging off them that's just, like, part oh, of the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. That isn't, like, you know, part of the design, really. It's just kind of... It's just, like, from the molds or, the, or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not... It's not Flash. It's just, like, mm. you know, if they design it in a way that, it, like, Optimus Prime, for example, in the show has, like, this huge plank on his... Like, just hanging off of his back. Which becomes mm-hmm. for the toy, it becomes like the roof of the truck mode. But like, you know, people are looking mm. at there and they're like, I mean, you could have taken that off because the design mm. would look better without that there. We can excuse it when it's a plastic thing in our hand and it has to make sense engineering wise, but yeah. it doesn't have to be there in the in the show. And which it I doesn't you know, have to be this way. I, I actually do appreciate them like saying so to so true to the toy model. I, I think it's an interesting way to do it, but like I, I can see the complaints there. And it's also funny because there are a couple characters in the show that do not have toys released yet. And they look like, oh, my God, once you're aware of that fact, you definitely can see the different like design orientation of those two that are like a lot more smooth, a lot more anatomically accurate. Like they, you know, they've got like thinner bits and shit like that that wouldn't make sense in a plot. So it's like. Oh, you can clearly tell that like these two characters do not have r- toys made of them yet. So why don't they like... just go the extra mile to get the toy realism and do stop motion? Like it's the next <laughs> logical step. I yeah, I will say that like the the textures on the animation look good. So this whole mission statement that they are doing of like oh let's make a series that's aimed more at adults that goes along with the collector toy line, right? This is the second time that they have tried it, and the first time that they tried it. It was a huge dumpster fire, and this is not that, quite. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the oh, you had progress. me there for a second. <laughs> the previous one, like, it was all animated with Machinima from, like, one of the video games, which was a little weird, but, like, that the writing weird. was terrible. They literally just, like, hired a bunch of YouTubers as the voice actors. Oh, jeez. 
it, like I'm pretty sure for the first season the the guy who does like the um what's he do the um the the fucking trailers guy oh oh the 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 yes the fucking ah honest trailers honest trailers guy yeah he, yeah because so he's he's he, a legit voice in actor. his videos prior to all this had done some fucking Optimus Prime impressions and they hired him to play optimus prime oh, and you I think can you, fucking tell i, I think <laughs> i remember you complaining to us about this in a group chat about his terrible impressions yeah well i think i was actually complaining about the new person that they have voicing optimus prime who is also a person that you that i found on youtube doing optimus prime impressions who is the person that they had voicing him in the most most recent kids show cyberverse and as well as this i will say he does better t- job at this but i still I'm irritated that, like, if they're not going to hire Peter Cullen, the original voice of Optimus Prime, which is totally fine, just have someone do a different fucking voice. I don't want to hear people doing half-assed Peter Cullen impressions. This is like, the weirdest form of cancel culture ever. We found your old videos of you being mildly qualified, <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and, like, even, so, there is a voice actor, Gary Chalk, who was the voice of Optimus Prime for a few years, and also uh, Optimus Primal from Beast Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny name, but anyway, he was a, he's, like, a good example of, like, he's a great actor, and his voice sounds very different from Peter Collin, and it works mm-hmm. because he's just doing his own voice, and that's fine. Yep. You know, yep. and even he went on Twitter and and like kind of complained about the show. He was like, "The animation looks good, but I hate to say it, there's just not a lot of energy in the voice acting." And I totally agree with that sentiment. <clears throat> like, and if it's it's one thing if there wasn't a lot of energy in the voice acting and then the writing was stellar, but like it's not. Uh, <laughs> there isn't <clears throat> a lot of. I feel like by trying to make it more quote unquote adult, they were trying to strip away a lot of the sort of kiddier aspects. And thus meant taking away a lot of the humor, and it seems like it takes itself a little bit too seriously. Wait, are you telling me and that it, they're committing a DC Comics? Yeah, pretty much. And it just, Oof. it, it kind of just stole the heart from it. And it's like, by, I don't know what they mean by making it more adult, because like, there are some brutal deaths on screen, and that would be like the main thing, but the stories are not like any more interesting to an adult standard. And yeah. And, like but, one of like, the characters it, curses once and then it's like okay <laughs> whatever yeah it's it's a frequent criticism in kid shows today that like you know i mean look at avatar the last airbender mm-hmm. which is a show that is clearly like the way that the humor is styled and the animation is styled it is meant to be palatable for children yeah the stories are understandable by children thematically it is developed and thought out so it's like you don't have to turn up you don't have to turn up the grit meter to make it more adult you can make it more adult just by making it thoughtful and then still have the occasional kid joke that as an adult you're like well that took me out of it a bit but like you can have your cake and eat it too in that way by not oversimplifying it and thinking that adultness maturity in a show is tied to one specific attribute right and like it's a common mistake that is (laughs) pretty yeah like that pretty much sums up like my my harsh feeling towards it is that like it by striving to be more adult like it gets away with some brutal on-screen deaths but like for fuck's sake there was a murder suicide in legend of korra so like i don't know right like <laughs> like i don't even know if that is like way above the standard of what's appropriate to show children and one of the characters says ass once which is like i'm not complaining i don't need a bunch of swears but it, it was kind of like a weird moment especially since it didn't continue because it's just like are, are you just just saying that because you could 
It was like in the Shadow the Hedgehog game where it's like rated T for language. And when you die, sometimes mm-hmm. he says, damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but I mean, <laughs> right. also, like, but you it... can compare it to other shit. Like, fucking Steven Universe and Steven Universe Future were yeah. fucking riddled with war crimes that are addressed as war yeah. crimes and shit. Right. Like, And, like, those are kids' shows, and they have thoughtful stories. But, like, they they dialed up the grit in this show, but they didn't make the stories any more thoughtful. It, like, seemed Still far just... less thoughtful oh, no. than actually, like, a bunch of the series that are much better shows, in my opinion, that already exist from Transformers. And, I mean, yeah. That's and they also kick it back, like, look at Land Before Time. That movie oh, yeah. is yeah, heart heartbreaking. It is about extinction. Yeah. And you see a kid's parent die, and as a kid, like... People are so concerned that, like, kids aren't going to understand the all the moral implications of these things. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, but they're going to get the story. When yeah. they're adults, they can well, get, like, you're not going to fry their that, brains. That, that's the thing, though, is that, like, all these ser- all these shows and movies that you keep talking about, right? Like, like, these are the examples of things that, like, really hit a good balance. Where it's like, they have a yes. thoughtful story, and they also have that heart that in- comes inherent to the being the kid media. Because they're they're making jokes, everything is really pretty. And it's like at the end the of the day, win, like you know. Transformers series, like the the fandom of Transformers, are into a kid show from the eighties, right? Which was campy as hell, <laughs> you know. So it's like, and the concept of Transformers is a bunch of robots that turn into vehicles. Like it's a silly concept, right? So like you're not going to be able to make this series like really gritty with no humor and take itself too seriously and have it feel sincere. So like. By stripping away all of the, like, you know, the quote-unquote kiddiness to it, you're just, like, taking away what makes it fun. And that would be one thing if you took all that away and there was this really intense, interesting story, but there's not. Like, it, it doesn't have this super intense, interesting story in this mm-hmm. series. It, like, follows a lot of cliches. The characters don't really have a lot of consistent motivation. They have... That since they're working with the CG models from the or like the CG models are based off the toys, it's basically repetition of the same like uh, I don't know like fifteen character models. So you've got like all of your main characters that are those bodies, and then everyone in the background is just like that guy but a different color, oh, even geez. with the same head and face, <laughs> which is like it's mm. rough. I'm hoping that in that hey they... animators, we simplified our manufacturing process and we can pass the savings on to you. <laughs> yeah, like I, they, they're just more clever ways that they could have done that i think because like you know even in like transformers prime right like they have a generic vehicle that is just like oh this is just like there's an army of decepticon drones that are really easy to kill and the autobots just slaughter them all the time and they're not really like overly sentient and it's just like it's explained in the canon and it's overly sentient (laughs) what we don't need to talk about the fucking vehicles uh yeah no definitely consciousness is not yeah. A binary phenomenon. I'm I don't think consciousness and sentience are also not synonymous. Right, but like you can conceive of consciousness as like a superlative sort of sentience where you have awareness of mm-hmm. a self rather than just of things around okay. you. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I could accept that as the framework for overly sentient. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine just waking up and being like, Oh, I feel so fucking sentient today. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <sighs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> that's every day but yeah i don't know it's so <laughs> that's austin's galaxy brain life experience <laughs> not again so yeah i'm hoping that that was sort of a product of them being on cybertron and now like the next series they're probably going to earth or going off into space and hopefully it'll be focused on a tighter cast 
so they can have because like really all the successful Transformers series have been really like character driven stories and with this one is like there's just so many characters that some of them only get like one or two lines and they're all just like you know they're basically like anyone could have said most of the lines aside from like a select few important characters the hobbit and the 13 dwarves problem and it's just like oh ironhide hasn't had a line in a while we'll make him say this thing but (laughs) there's like no character behind it or anything like that so yeah i don't know i have a kind of a hard time understanding what it is that people like about it it does have some interesting references to g1 and it does feature a lot of characters that have not been used for a while, but, like, does it really, like, they're physically mm-hmm. there, but it doesn't really use them. So, like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the people I, I... who have been saying good things about it have been like, oh, this is a great reference. In the first episode, it opens with Bumblebee and Wheeljack, and that's the same the same two that it opens with in the first episode of the G1 show and I'm like yes I do appreciate those kind of references but it doesn't carry the show for me yeah and, and I guess to an extent that's maybe to, uh, like I have my cautious optimism about lower decks I'm excited about yeah. I like what I have seen <clears throat> but I often worry like is it going to be that same sort of thing where yeah. by try by trying to totally shift the palette uh is it going to break and i mean i think you and i are both used to being part of fandoms with disappointing installments uh that's like but you and i are also people who accept those disappointing installments like if we get uh if we get a rise of skywalker we're not going to be like it's all ruined we're just like well well, that one sucked next and we just kind of keep kind of keep uh rolling so yeah man i don't i I don't think i could do it as a star trek fan because at least for me every time there's a disappointment installment of transformers they're all their own separate canon if i was a star trek fan and i had to deal with like all of these fucking you know disappointing uh shows actually being canonically related to the ones that are really good it might hurt me a little uh, bit in a yes. way that i couldn't get yes <laughs> yes but that's the burden for people like me so you mm. don't have to suffer so i can say hey this shit is bad and it doesn't matter just fuck off who cares yeah. like whatever but i don't know i yeah yeah the end of the I'm... day it's just kind of a bummer for me because like we only get like we we do get a tra- new transformer series like every few years or so but mm-hmm. when we get to right to the beginning of one i'm like oh man i don't like it i know that that's what <laughs> i'm gonna have to be dealing with for a little while Oh, um, yeah, that's fair. Not again. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't... It's not, like, terrible, but I feel like there's two sort of standards. Like, it's standard as a Transformers series. It's like, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't a dumpster fire. And it's standard as a television show, as, like, a story, as a narrative. I can't say I could really recommend it to any of my friends who aren't yeah. already, like, into mm-hmm. it, you know? <clears throat> like, and there are Transformers series that I could do that for. Yeah, I hate yeah. that feeling, too. Like, when you want to share your fandom and you're like, there's no way this is going to pass anybody else's sniff test. Yeah. Like, not a That's chance. At the, at the end of the me. day, there's still three Transformers series that I would recommend to people. Yeah. This is just not one of them. Yeah. This is not one of them. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we kick it over to Austin? That is that is all of my bitching for the evening. Well, I, I, th- I, th- I think that after you might actually feel as though, you know, you kind of turned around a bit when this is over. Got a lot off your chest. <laughs> all right uh austin uh what disappointing installments do you want to talk about um well yeah uh so 
<laughs> we're gonna talk about some disappointment and then some uh more nice stuff kind of maybe we'll see Ooh. you'll understand uh ended so, it on a good note so the disappointing stuff for me i don't know if it'll be disappointing to you and i can imagine other people actually really enjoying some of this stuff uh but it this past month was was not as exciting in a lot of ways as uh, the previous two months for stuff going on with wizards of the coast and D. But we got some more news, <clears throat> and first, I think, is the more disappointing news. So remember how a month or two ago we were talking about uh, how Wizards was going to errata stuff and release new versions of books to be yes. less racist. Thanks for thanks uh, for pulling okay. the mic. Yeah. To be not. less racist. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those, they're still doing it, but they're releasing those books as part of like collectors' mm-hmm. editions of the books and stuff. So it's going to be like. Oh, I thought you were going to say they release the books and they're only mildly less racist. <laughs> no, um, but the, the the issue here being like as collectors' editions, they're uh, more expensive yeah. versions of the book. So it's like, yeah, we're putting out a little bit of Ooh. nice stuff. But the community is largely still going to be working off of uh, yeah. the material if they have I, access to oh, it. Oh, man. See, I thought they were kind of like doing a paradigm shift with They're the way that they were doing They're turning their race war into a class like, you know war. If we the have new... enough of this already. <laughs> it's all Like, do you know if the new versions, like when they eventually go to like, I don't know, like fucking 6E or 5.5 or whatever the fuck. Like, is that going to be going off of the quote unquote oh, you know, less racist paradigm? Be, yeah, or? No, I imagine that they okay. will be using like the the more uh, the more like realistic. I'm going to say in this sense, yeah, uh, <clears throat> characterization of uh, race in the future. But like for the when when they're like, yeah, we're gonna release the new player's handbook and stuff without any of this shit about how your character has to be evil because they're a goblin or whatever. Like, it doesn't really help if they're like, actually, we're only releasing that for our high paying yeah. customers. Uh, You're <laughs> but yeah, that, you have that to pay a higher <laughs> price to not be racist in D and D. And all the people who you know wouldn't have been convinced until they read it are definitely not going to fucking jump yeah. on that boat right and if you pay it's... us enough money we'll stay not racist <laughs> uh, anyway so <laughs> i don't know that was kind of disappointing to me uh that it yeah. that but, is you know, disappointing i have no idea how long they want to keep using fifth edition because it seems like it's doing very well i think for the i company, think that this so. is their you know this is their mmo platform like that here's the framework just keep churning shit out forever i mean that's what halo infinite's gonna be <laughs> it's just like hey one game build on it wow is still the game that came out in 2004 you know yeah um but then uh on less of a frustrating note in terms of like just basic decency (laughs) um wizards released an interesting unearthed arcana last month i don't like the word interesting uh, after the other words you just said (laughs) well so here we'll get to it um this one was a bunch of new feats for characters to take uh which is still technically an optional rule. You can get a bunch of different bonuses and stuff instead of raising your character's stats every four levels. Um, but these uh, these feats that they included have... They're a lot more flashy than a lot of feats that are just in the player's mm-hmm. handbook in the DMG, maybe. I don't remember what's in what. Uh, player's anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, So, for example, they have some... They have a feat that can give a player uh, 
sorcery points and some meta magic stuff like the sorcerer does they have a feat that lets you take and uh a warlock invocation and uh access to like a warlock cantrip i think or a warlock spell i'm not sure is it i can look at it it's right here um eldritch adept prerequisite spell casting or pact magic feature studying cult lore you've unlocked eldritch power within yourself you learn an invocation if it has the prerequisite you can when yeah whatever it just it gives you an an invocation um which is like you know so like there are also things that let you do more damage with say uh uh piercing weapons um that give you fighting styles mm-hmm. that give you uh like certain little magical things or uh better interactions with various kinds of weapons and stuff and uh so it I don't know. It gives you some interesting character options, especially if you want to like optimize damage that you're doing and stuff. But I feel kind of really concerned about the one, the, the ones that put like pretty otherwise like unique class options. Yeah. The sorcery and, points uh, one sounds weird resources. to me that you could be any class and then hit level four and then suddenly get that without multi-classing into sorcerer yeah so and it's not not just because like it's weird but i think it's unfortunate because like for the sorcerer at this point in 5e that is literally all that makes a sorcerer good or better than a a wizard in similar circumstances is that they can do meta magic stuff and pump out a bunch of spells and uh, manipulate their spell slots with sorcery points and stuff but if you give that to wizards right because wizards are the ones who are going to want to take that or other like you know other classes if they want to take it at all because on the other hand a lot of these feats yeah a lot of these feats are like so the for example the 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 sorcerer one and the warlock one they would be best used by people who are playing sorcerer or warlock because it just makes them do the stuff that they already do better. Uh, which to me is kind of like, well, you could also just if you if that's why you're making it, you could you could make the class stronger in some other way. I don't know, or just like make it a prerequisite that they are sorcerer or warlock. Yeah, but then it seems <clears throat> it, that seems kind of weird to me too, because then it's like it would be sort of locking in like this is a thing that you should definitely do if you're playing this class because it's such a strong option um and so i don't know it it's weird because i don't like diluting the class identities in this way and uh it also seems like the best way that these feats are used is just by that class well i mean Uh, consider the trade-off because most of the other most of the other feats are i think you're right most of the feats in the basic 5e player's handbook are not flashy they usually have to do with just like buffing one very particular thing like your ranged attack Mm -hmm. your speed i think the one that i i use in dice populi is keen mind which is i remember everything and i always know where (laughs) north is and it pays dividends yo is surprisingly it's it's a really good feat like it's (laughs) Depending just on because the because anytime that they're like you don't know that I'm like yeah motherfucker I do know that tell me and I can just that was less yes. than a month ago so actually I remember yeah exactly it word for word. so Thank it, you very it, much. it comes in handy because <laughs> I don't like to take notes but um but I mean like you, you're right that it could potentially dilute the classes but it I mean do you think that that is offset by the cost of not being able to do these other things or do you feel like this is like much more powerful than the existing feats um so i don't i don't know my problem isn't that it is actually that much more powerful than existing feats for me i am a little bit concerned more with the fact that they're diluting the class Mm -hmm. identities because like yeah 
there are other ways you can if you take magic initiate as like another feat like you can get access to eldritch blast Mm -hmm. for example and then if you take this other one you also get access to you could get the agonizing blast invocation for example and then you could have like just a fucking fighter who well no you could have some kind you could have like a fucking paladin without any multi-classing who just happens to be able to use eldritch blast which is like the warlock's big thing yep. to the same power that a warlock can use it and i don't i don't like that so <laughs> mm. much because like yeah. i do like the classes being even though i love about 5e the fact that each class can do like a wide variety of stuff you don't necessarily need to play a paladin or a barbarian to be ta- to be a tank you don't need to play a cleric to be a support character but like i would maybe maybe you should have to play a warlock to be a warlock you know <laughs> maybe you should have to play a sorcerer to be a sorcerer i think i would like to if yeah. i want to be a cleric i want to be i don't know it's it, it's it kind of rubs me the wrong way and it's kind of i don't know they did a similar thing for example with uh, the ranger which is actually probably more egregious i think we're talking feats, about this at some point because right because um the ranger is already a pretty underpowered and unpopular class as it is but they're they have a feat that lets you take a, it gives you essentially this uh ranger spell slash ability and it's like well if I don't want to do that, I'll just play another wisdom class or like yeah. whatever class gets me the flavor stuff that I wanted about the ranger and then take this feat because I'll just be a better ranger at that point. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want that to happen so much. I would rather that. I mean, I would like for ranger to be a cool class for people to play. Uh, I mean, it is it seems like outside of role playing. Yeah, it, it seems like it's like they're they're seeing these classes that like don't have a lot of like really as much like you know diversity or power as the other classes and instead of like you know buffing them a little bit to put them on par with the other classes they're just like well if you don't want to play a sorcerer we can just let you do the interesting thing that the one interesting thing sorcerers (laughs) can do as someone else and it's just like okay how some loyalty to your classes right (laughs) yeah and it's also it's weird to me too though because like there's another they just released some stats on like how what people are playing essentially in adventurers leagues right but like for mm-hmm. the first time in the history of the game warlock has surpassed uh wizard <laughs> as the most popular spell casting class and i think the most popular class overall i mean you can understand warlocks they they got that edgy shit going They're on people powerful magic boys yeah, yeah people like that people like being able to duke it out and mix it up but like if people are already playing it so much anyway, I think that that does speak to some, maybe if, if you don't want to chalk it up to just like uh, certain other effects, because you could easily say, oh yeah, uh, one of the characters on Critical Role is a sorcerer, uh, sorry, is a warlock who is uh, super uh, popular with the fan base of the show. That could influence that what people decide to play. They've also thought like maybe the fact that the... Uh, the wizardy class in Destiny is called Warlock has contributed to people choosing the Warlock class in <laughs> D and D. There's there's a lot of shit that was going on uh, at uh, Wizards of the Coast. They're like, yeah, we're not exactly sure what accounts for this whole thing, but like, it doesn't seem to me like a like you should respond so, to that by saying Let's that kind of that kind of hits on the head yeah. though. Why I don't know why sometimes these complaints about the the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition sandbox 
don't always ring super true to me because when we're talking about games like Destiny, we're mm-hmm. talking about something where we are limited to the tools of interaction that are provided to us. We cannot right. go into a raid on Destiny and say, well, I don't like the way this boss does this and change it. Let's yeah, I mean, it you know, d d <laughs> is, uh, I mean... It's flexible. flexible to the point where just like in Monopoly, you can say this is how free parking works in my fucking house. So you got to deal with it. Um, yeah. And and it even it's interesting because in games that are, you know, all digital, they can, you know, pull reports on data behind the scenes and say, we know exactly what's happening when, where and why. And D&D is like something fucking happened. We don't fucking know. Uh, it's crazy, right? And And it's just like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think that I I understand also just you in general your what you want to get out of role playing games and your enjoyment with systems and understanding <laughs> them and using them to their full capability. Like when you play Destiny and you're like, I have all these effects that stack on top of each other. I'm like, I shot him in the head real good. Boom boom. Look at me. And so it's like I I get the different perspectives. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 it only breaks the game if you let it. I feel as though the mm-hmm. only way that this would have a widespread effect yeah. is if the influencers and real play shows that really showcase this and put the brand forward use these two specifically to the effect that you're mentioning. I'm not saying this at all yeah. to like try to invalidate anything you're saying. I'm just trying to understand like no, no, what I the applicable scope of this as an issue would be. Yeah. Right, because it's it's not like D and D like has like a fucking competitive scene or something. That would be awesome. Messes up the meta or whatever. Yeah. Right. Actually, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's like thing in uh in first edition and advanced. Actually, it was Mm. because you would have uh different Mm. guilds actually doing competing Mm. stuff against each other. It's it's wild stories (laughs) we can get into later. Um. Because, like, in Smash Brothers, right, like, every time they add a new character that's just broken, like, it messes with things, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, yeah, I mean, you could just say, like, oh, I don't like that character, so I'm not going to play as it, but that you can't change exactly. what other people are going to do. And if there were, like, a competitive scene with this, like, it's the same sort of concept as that, right? Yeah. It's Although, just like, yeah, I can decide not to use this rule, but I can't decide other yeah, people can't use this rule. Yeah, Destiny doesn't fix guns. But it, it doesn't matter so much in the <laughs> Yeah, Destiny doesn't basis, fix right? guns that break boss fights. Yeah. They f- fix guns that break multiplayer competitive matches. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, But they still take away my broken <laughs> movement abilities. I hate it. Anyway, uh, I, I just... So, th- there are a couple things here, I guess. I So... I understand, like, in D&D, you get this sorting effect where you get people who want to play the game mm-hmm. for role-playing and developing their characters in certain ways and stuff, playing with each other, and you generally get people who want to power game sorting themselves into gaming groups where they get to power game and try to do mm-hmm. ridiculous shit. And, like, I, I don't think I have a problem with either style of play existing so long as, you know, people understand how they want to play the game and choose their play mm-hmm. groups accordingly. But I also, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, I would, I would like it if, uh, and th- I'm glad that this is like an unearthed arcana and not just something mm-hmm. they're dropping on us, right? Because it's good for them to use unearthed arcana, unearthed arcana to like try new and weird things that they haven't done before, right? That's the whole fucking point. It's mm-hmm. playtest material. Uh, I just, I, I hope that it doesn't get released like this because I think that like there are, uh, 
not just the the delusion of class identities because that's something that like i feel bad about even if it does i don't know that it has like a real mechanical effect on the game that's problematic uh because it's like i don't know it, it seems to sort of flatten the scope of things that people will want mm-hmm. to do maybe I'm not you, sure. you get into but the skyrim and fallout as, uh, problem where when you make everything too accessible there becomes like a, a lack of expression that you might have seen in earlier versions of the franchise yeah yeah either for like power purposes or mm-hmm. otherwise it's like I want to be I want to have my my person my guy is the half angel half half demon who has the the sword that's made with the dragon's tooth and like you're just I'm I'm not here to listen to this character description. Um but then like as also as far as like the the power gaming stuff goes, I feel like I would like for the players to have to make like more I don't know. These these things if you want to play a particular kind of build it seems like these will allow for these uh, for some sort of forced choices at ability score increases where it's like well now you take this because it will increase your utility or whatever by an extreme amount for the kind of thing that you're trying to do and i don't think i want to give like power gaming can be fun in its own way but i don't know that it i i feel like some of these things might just be handing people a little toy that like they didn't really need to be able to um burst uh through the boundaries of uh mm. dps and shit not like specifically dps but, but yeah like, like, like it, it, it will it's one of those not things even. where you worry that statistically like it's one of those things where it's wrong to not take it because it is so good and that that will lessen yeah the 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 experience for people who could be making more interesting choices or being forced to explore things yeah it's like the opposite of true strike and I don't want to have a lot of that sort of situation. I also wish they would change True Strike, but, you know, that's just me. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on with uh, Wizards fun stuff. Um, and then on a on a nicer note, actually. Um, so over the past month, we've had and this has been going on for a, a couple months. Uh, I don't know if you guys are knowledgeable about this, but um, there is work. Team Cherry is doing work on Hollow Knight Silk Song. Silk Song, yeah, which looks like it's going to be a super fun game. The uh, uh, it's just to, a sequel in, to Hollow Knight. In a Knight. sentence, uh, Silk Song cool. is going to be the Bloodborne of Hollow Knight. But Hollow Knight was already hard. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited though. Uh, but anyway, so they've been uh, releasing some uh, footage and information about new characters that are going to show up in the game, even though they haven't given us like a release date or anything yet. I would really like that Team Cherry, but it's way better than Elden Ring so far. So, you know, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, that's the true grit. That's the true gift that Elden Ring has given you, Austin, is that it, it makes you a lot more, uh, you know, uh, charitable towards these other you know, games. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't have be not, so. That have given you far less information that you would normally maybe like. i wouldn't be so upset about halo infinite if i just really wanted to play elden ring you know <laughs> exactly that's my yeah. problem and that's that's how i yeah. learned to appreciate but yet the way life is uh no um, hollow knight's already pretty hard i mean i think the game starts hard once you like really start to get into the flow and level up your character it gets a lot more manageable how is yeah. this gonna crank up the difficulty in a way that makes me hate it Oh, um, so I don't think it's actually going to be harder in that, like, it's going to have more frustrating bosses who do more damage or something. But I, I think the the pace, if you haven't watched any footage of it... I've watched a little. Play... Uh, okay. Uh, but, you play, um, was in... it Hornet? Is that her name? 
Yes, yeah. you play Hornet in Silk Song, and uh, she's a character who you beat up a ton, a bunch of times in Hollow Knight, actually, or probably beat That's up. That's interesting. I don't, no, I don't think that she has. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I think the one time that you I think like you, really you have beat to her, fight her at least once. Yeah, well, you do because you beat her up, and then she's like, "Oh, hey, but you're the king now," and then you're like, "Cool, I'll go open that well, big you do ass that, door like, three times." Actually, yeah. But that was, I think, um, the last yeah. time you fight her. After the last one, she's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're the king. You can go do the stuff and you'll beat it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so you have to beat her three times. Anyway, so you play as her and she is a character who is much more agile than that'll be nice the, uh, than you in Hollow Knight, uh, the unknown, the, the bug, the vessel. Um, and uh, so you get to use a lot of like midair tethery abilities. You're running around, you're uh, doing jumps that. off of terrain and stuff. You're clambering over ledges. <gasps> um, and the gameplay is going to reflect, you have a counter ability. Um, yeah, there's going, there's also, there's going to be a lot more in the way of like tools and tricks and stuff that you have yeah. to use in levels and in fights. And it's going to be yeah. more fast paced and that will make it, I think in a certain way harder for a lot of people. But anyway, um, th- they've released some characters, and the most recent character that they released, which was in July, was this uh, character who's an NPC who it looks like you interact with several times as you journey around Farloom, and then uh, he also be- who becomes a boss later in the game, and uh, it's a-, a fellow pilgrim to this land, uh, along with many of the other NPCs. Uh, Seth looks like they sort of they they get it since it's we don't know too much about like what exactly is going on in uh silk song as per like the 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 actual plot of the game and the story other than like some very contour things about it um it seems like he he makes his way to this uh to this place and then he uh starts being influenced by this like curse on the land or this voice of something that's controlling stuff and he becomes a boss and guards this part of the map that you have to get to um, but, uh, more importantly, I think is, uh, Seth is, uh, he's, you know, he, he's a cute little bug character who it does horrible violence to you until you beat him. Uh, and, uh, but there's <laughs> an interesting thing about this is that the, the characters that, um, Team Cherry's been developing and, uh, well, that's, that they've been working on. And this has been a thing since they had the Kickstarter for Hollow Knight is that these characters are, uh, like, patron the patrons helped design them hmm. they're like named after some of the people who were in the original kickstarter for hollow knight and i imagine some of that extended mm-hmm. into uh silk song because that was part of the same kickstarter project as a bonus people who kickstarted the original at a certain level get this game for free um but uh the this one is interesting because it looks like he holds like this really important central role in the land and also um it's kind of unfortunate because um the character that uh helped does sorry the char- Seth the character uh is named for the the non team cherry designer uh, a fan who's this uh young man named uh Seth Goldman uh who is unfortunately termin- terminally ill and died relatively recently Whoops. um but it was kind of nice to see that he like his character got into the game with his name. And even though he's never going to get to play it, like, you know, he got to do this thing that he wants. And now he gets to have his name stamped on what I imagine is going to be like an extremely uh, lauded and well-received game. I don't know. It was a nice little piece of news, I think, just because. That is, that is, that is, I mean, not, like, not, not, not yeah. great for Seth, but but no, but that's it's really nice of, of Team Cherry. That's a that's a fun 
those are always the the kinds of Easter eggs that you, you want to see. The heartwarming yeah. kind. Do you think that they made him like that? They made his namesake a more important character for that reason. Um, yeah, I, was, yeah, I, I was don't that. know. I don't think. So. Uh, well, it's possible. I don't know too much about it except that um. They had been hooked up with Seth be- like w- because he was a fan of the original Hollow Knight and this uh, sort of not make a wish, but like a make a wish type foundation reached out to Team Cherry about the kid. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll do this. Gotcha. So they might have had like this. They might have had this important character like we have to have a character who does this stuff and this kid will help us make him something like that. I imagine, sure, yeah. but I don't have like a confirmation on the exact process. That's yeah. fair. Well, that's yeah. cute. I will say after playing uh, after playing uh, Hollow Knight. Um, I, th- I a lot of my complaints are like the the early game is very oh, yeah. punishing, uh, like extremely punishing. And as you get through it, it I it becomes easier, even though there's more stuff to worry about, just because you get so much more stuff. But the mobility was such a big thing. Like you you have to assign your your what are they uh, skills? Yes. Is that what they're called? The yeah. So like the individual perks that you put or on your badges, characters. Like, I don't we're talking about. Ca- mm. Yeah, we're we're talking about character choice in D anD D, and this is an instance where I was always f- loading so many of my resources into just being <laughs> able to move faster and and get out of the way of shit that was coming at me. That knowing that the game will be faster, I I don't know. Uh, obviously, the whole game is being designed around that idea, but I look forward to a game where I don't have to worry about those choices and I can instead focus on assigning those to things that have to do with combat because i like games that move more fluidly and that move quickly which is why i like carry on because again you're just Um, all over the goddamn place it's amazing uh, the the movement in silk song is not going to be like you're not going to have to devote resources to allowing yourself to be able to do the the special movement stuff so much thank Um, it looks like that's like basically part of the gameplay you might like unlock stuff in that you like you find a power up in the same way that you do yeah sure uh, all metroidvanias but it'll be like a permanent thing that you just have once you get it um yeah very cool all right uh anything else you want to you want to toss in there before we render our verdict it was a quiet month overall in these terms Yes, indeed. So uh, let's kick it over to our rating section here, our editor's room. We're going to try to figure out which of these stories is the most important, interesting, or impactful, the thing to which you, the listener, should pay the most attention, uh, aside from listening to this hour-plus podcast, which apparently isn't enough. So um, just to recap what we talked about, it was uh, the Xbox Game Pass stuff, Halo Infinite, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Carry On, the Transformers, the the, the new show, right. Rooster Teeth show, and the announcement of Transformers Kingdom. Uh, and then we had uh, D&D, things that Austin doesn't <laughs> like. And then we had, <laughs> we had uh, Silk Song. And uh, Austin, there was something else you mentioned at the start. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, the thing you mentioned before the D&D thing. There's two D&D things, cool. right? Yeah. It was the... It before the, the before the unearthed as we might like yeah. oh yeah the the, the anti-racist paywall right. my bad so um so i guess out of all of these if we had to pick something that like would really kind of sum up oh man <laughs> we should just throw out a nomination i mean honestly i know i'm the one that brought it but i think that the, the strategy around game mm-hmm. pass in particular is the thing that is most interesting to me because it is legitimately paradigm shifting it is the it is the first time 
that anyone has ever sought to equalize PC and consoles since the disparity came up 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that it is a legitimately interesting pro-consumer thing that I want to see succeed and change the industry because Microsoft is already pushing those needles. Um, that's the thing that I think is the most broadly reaching story and what I want to pay the most attention to. Jeff. Yeah. You disagree. Uh, I don't know if I disagree. I don't know if I can put my vote on that, though, just because that affects my life so little since I don't do Xbox. Minecraft. You play Minecraft. That's an Xbox product now. (laughs) But that's the whole point, is that Microsoft is letting everyone do everything. what difference does it make? It's letting more people have the freedom you have to play Xbox stuff without being like, buying a fucking Xbox. But you can play Minecraft without an Xbox anyway. Yes, but what they're doing is moving the rest of the industry toward that as like. You still, wait, don't you still have to have an Xbox to get the to do the Game Pass? Nope. No. Well, no. What are you You'll be able to stream it. To, you could stream it to a to a phone or a tablet, or you could play it on PC. Oh, please do not stream Halo yeah. on your fucking tablet. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just. Yeah. I thought. Two. See, maybe I misunderstood. My understanding of it was if you had an Xbox you get the game pass and basically you don't have to buy games you just that is true but they're also lumping in their cloud streaming thing and the service applies to pc as well and all the games that they put out on game pass on pc they also put out on steam so no matter what you get the games it's just you finally get to choose when and where and how that is that is interesting i still don't think it'll affect me personally because like most of the i mean i I'm not sure I feel very strongly about anything else this month, so I'm, I'm, I might be willing to toss it that way anyway. Um, fucking, I, I think the thing that I feel, well, I mean, aside from my own stuff, the thing that I feel most strongly about is the, the uh, lack of effectively changing the racist structures in D&D, but I don't know if that's like... It's not really a story. It's just like, hey, you remember that story we had a little while ago? That's not really a thing yep. anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, well, now I feel good about actually deciding to make that our top story yeah. uh, previously is because now we get to see it was followed that, up. Was and that be like, last mm. month or the month before? I think that that was last month. That was the that was the episode that recapped. Yeah, because yeah. because I I think it's kind of funny that way. Cause it's like oh June the top story is oh D and D is getting a little less racist, and then J- July the story is never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Right, Austin, if you had to throw something in the ring, uh, what would you throw, and how aggressively? Would I don't you know. Throw I it? think I would. I don't have to throw something in the ring. I don't know. I think I would just agree about the um, the Microsoft stuff in terms of like the impact and reach of it because I mean, Wizards of the Coast it can be disappointing at times, but like it's a it's a, it's a change i guess we'll see how this goes with them when they release new material and you know this is going to be the next elden ring thing it's like hey guys it's austin no news <laughs> on elden ring and dnd still racist oh um let's move on <laughs> but also like you know 
it wasn't the it wasn't going to be the case though that like Wizards of the Coast is changing a bunch of text and then suddenly uh, everyone in game uh, in local game stores all around the world was going to change the way they act and stuff. Yeah, hmm. it, it was always smart a, a smaller part of I think a much larger number of changes that are happening. So I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. And, I, and uh, meanwhile, Microsoft potentially changing the the game buying and owning mechanisms is important, even if. How much does the Game Pass cost? <clears throat> uh, the cheapest version is ten bucks a month. The fifteen bucks a month will get you like the cloud streaming and what's the uh, cross-platform yeah, stuff. What's the difference? The basic one is if you have a PC or if you have an Xbox, it gets you the games. The fifteen dollar one gets you the games, the online competitive, the streaming, the both platforms. So basically, wait, the cheaper one you choose what it applies to. Like if you've got an Xbox, it's like okay, you can get games for Xbox, but it won't apply to your computer. Correct. And if you yeah, it for yeah, your that's computer, exactly. Then it. it won't apply to whatever gaming system you have. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And the, yeah, yeah, but the the Game Pass Ultimate is the fifteen dollar one, and at this point, that's the same amount as Netflix, and I think. I, mean, I use Game Pass I also, more than I, I use Netflix, that so that's embarrassing. Like, at this point, it's the same price as a, a subscription to World of Warcraft, but with far more <laughs> games. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that, that's always the interesting thing, is when games are like, subscribe to just this game. And then Fallout 76 just went on Game Pass, which I like a really rough start for that game, but like it has it it has its own subscription. So I could subscribe to Game Pass to get Fallout 76 and then subscribe to Fallout 76 inside of it. Economics are getting fucking stupid. It's always been stupid, it's getting yeah. stupider. But these these are the problems that we will have to solve for. So I guess in in, in an episode where the energy never got above where it started. Yeah. We are going to reluctantly uh, select this as our top story is the the changing landscape that Microsoft is driving because they are not selling Woo-hoo. Xboxes anymore. They're selling Xbox Game Pass, and that's 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 how it's going to be. So there's like so, really going to be Sony new and... Xboxes? Is that the idea? No, there there are going to be new Xboxes, but it's not going to be like, hey, here's the new Xbox. You better Fuck buy Fuck all it. the games you have. Oh, I see, I see, like, like all the games that are coming out on the Xbox Series X this fall will be available on PC and the old Xboxes. Um, but it's like iPhones. In a couple years, they won't run on the old Xboxes gotcha. anymore. Like, they're just going to push it forward like that. Um, so it, it is interesting. And I I think it's generally pro-consumer. We'll see. <laughs> I'm also really bought in and super wide-eyed about it. This could go wrong in a billion fucking ways. Yeah. So uh, can't wait to see. Anyway... Um, judging on the tones that we all have right now, yeah. that about wraps it up, and we're all about to take a nap. Uh, so I'm about to turn my fucking air conditioning back on. Is what I'm about yeah, to do. Yeah, feeling that. Oh yeah, fucking me too. Actually, I have to take out a bunch of garbage, so I'm about to get right into the ball soup out there. So thank you for listening. I hope you Ooh. appreciate the lack of background noise, listener. I am fucking sweltering away <laughs> over here for you. Same. I'm so here, sorry. Let, here, listener, let me show you what I've what I've spared you. Give me. Is my AC not on? Yes, it is. So, listeners, this is what you could have had. And now I'm going to close the episode like this because now I'm feeling selfish. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to be back. We're going to be back in two weeks. Uh, Jeff, I think we know what we're talking about for our next episode. The Last of Us 2 thing hasn't materialized, but we got something else in the hopper. We sure do. Oh, this is a long one. The most recent thing we could possibly be talking about. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, so uh, in two weeks or so, Jeff is going to be uh, leading an episode where we chat about The Legend of Korra. Uh, because oh, it's going to coincide with uh, Legend of Korra dropping on Netflix for the first time. Because Avatar, at Last Airbender, recently went on it. Uh, I just, for the first time ever, finished Legend of Korra because I was streaming <laughs> on CBS All Access because I'm the only person in the world who has CBS All Access. <laughs> so uh, I finally got caught up. But for those of you who like it or haven't gotten around to finishing it, um, I'm really excited to have that conversation. Uh, then we'll be back next month with another episode of the Common Briefing Program, where we tell you that there's no news on the <laughs> Brain. So, yep. Uh, so I've been Colin Ketchin. You can find me online at Sonic Colin K. Why would you want to? I've been joined by. I have been Jeff Levitt, and uh, you can find me on Instagram that I have not fucking posted to for like months because it's mostly about art stuff, and I haven't been doing jack shit. Uh, but that's <laughs> things I wish existed, and there's a dot between each word. I've got a YouTube channel, Alchemist Prime Reviews, where I do toy review type stuff, if that's of any interest to you. And if it's not, then I would not recommend that for you. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's my shit. You, you, you once made a whole person named Jasper out of garbage. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could do that there. again. <laughs> you okay. named it Jasper. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Okay, then maybe it's not named Jasper, and I'm just remembering what I called it. Uh, Austin. Yep, I have been and will continue to be Austin. Uh, I still, I mean, you can probably find me if you really try, but I'm, I don't have any special social media accounts that I do any curating for. I mean, I'm looking at you, and you're literally <laughs> yeah, a silhouette. Even... <laughs> like, I can't even find <laughs> you, like and we're talking. the fucking president in the spy movie right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it you you just gotta look closer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything interesting going on on the internet. So cool. Well, hopefully next month we will be out oh, of baby. our slump. Who the fuck knows? Uh, we're gonna get right back to it. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope this brought, uh, if not some joy, then maybe some relatability <laughs> to your lives. Uh, please enjoy yourselves. Thank you so much. Have a good whatever it yeah. is you're having. I can't wait for more Beast Wars. About goddamn time. This episode of the Common Briefing Program is hosted by me, Colin Ketchin, joined by Jeff Levitt and Austin Liebers. This episode is sponsored by Forgetting to Do a Synchronization Clap. So, kind of didn't know how any of that was supposed to line up. Uh, the podcast is created and produced by myself and Jeff Levitt, with uh, this episode edited by me and original music also by me. Uh, tune back in for about uh, in about two weeks for an episode about Legend of Korra, and Dice Populi just hit its one-year anniversary. So head to DicePopuli.com and see what we are up to over there. But most of all, uh, we hope to see you next time, and thank you for listening to this. My laptop is on 64% right now, and it is plugged in, so I'm curious to see if, during the duration of this recording, if it does, in fact, get to 69%. <laughs> It'd be exciting for one person, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs>